Listener Production. Please leave your message after the tone. Why am I jealous of my ex? I am so stressed all the time. How do I get into a routine? Is TikTok making me anxious? I think I'm being manipulated. Someone told me you could live with half a brain. This is Do You Fucking Mind? Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life. Hosted by me, Alexis Fernandez. All right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, my beautiful beans. Today, I have an amazing guest on the podcast. I'm really, really pumped to introduce you all to an amazing woman who's got such an unbelievable story to share with you all regarding breakups, divorces, finding yourself after a breakup with children, rebuilding yourself. It's huge. It's amazing. You'll learn so much. Enter Renee. Hello. Renee. Renee. Mank. Girls. Mank. <laughs> So many names. So Renee and I actually have been like besties since high school. Yeah, we, 20 years. 20 years this year. We're old. We are ancient. We, what grade? Nine. Year nine. Yeah, we started dance together at school. Oh my and God. And we performed. Like on stage. On stage. Where we failed. We, didn't we do? We failed. Okay, a quick little Miserably. anecdote before we actually get into the, the deeper topics of today's episode. We... Um, Renee and I were very disruptive in dance class, really distractible, but pretty good. I, I like to think we were pretty good dancers. And <laughs> so we then had to do this jazz jazz performance mm. and we failed it. It was Moulin Rouge jazz. And we went into like costumes and all like with feather boas, mm-hmm. got on stage and then we failed. And then at the end of the year, they gave you the opportunity to resubmit any piece of work that you had failed earlier in the year as a choice. But if you chose to resubmit it, you had to go with that new mark. And we're like, well, we have to resubmit it. It can't get worse. We failed. But the clincher, this is in grade 12, the clincher was yet to perform in front of the whole grade 10. Everyone. As a solo performance. And so you and I both had to go on stage to I do cabaret. Did you did. I think it was just the two. I did. You did. And I was standing I behind the scenes. I feel you like passed. I passed. I you got like a B plus the other day, and I had a lot yeah. of A's and B's. I yeah, was impressed. I think you got like a B plus. Remember, we were shocked. We had a standing ovation. Did we? Yeah, from the grade tens. I think we need to back this up with our <laughs> high school teacher. I want we need footage. evidence. Yeah, it was full on. It was full on, and I could never remember the choreography because it was just a solo. So I had to improvise on stage with a chair and a feather yes. boa. Yes, I'm sure I was down in the audience though, like showing you what to do. Probably, and, yeah, or trying to distract me. <laughs> anyway, that's us. Good times. Good so. Times. To get into it, let's start, Renee, with you pretty much giving like an overview of your journey and so why it is that we're here talking about this. We got so many questions coming on my Instagram from you guys asking questions about, you know, your life after a breakup, after a divorce, your identity, children, everything. So let's first hear your story, go through that, and then later on we'll hit up all the questions. Okay, so how old am I again? You're you're one year older than me. so you're three. 30. Five. You're 35. You're turning 35. You're turning 35. No. Yeah, exactly. I'm turning 35. Okay. I'm turning 35 next week. Okay. (laughs) So I'm a 34 year old. I'm a single mum. So I've got two little girls. One is seven and one is five. I live on the Sunshine Coast. Um, I'm a school teacher. Um, I work full time at a local school, which I adore. I'm very passionate. I actually have my master's degree in inclusive education. So um, it's one of my really big passions. I actually um, got my master's degree when I was pregnant with my second child and staying at home. I had postnatal depression, so I need to do something a little bit different. And I kept myself busy and I went and did my master's degree. Um Outside of that, I run a few businesses. I run the local female run club. Um, I'm also a tutor outside of that. Um, And yeah, I give back to the local community wherever I can. So that's really my life in a nutshell. Um, I guess the reason why I'm here with Alexis today (laughs) is um, to share my story about how my plan didn't actually go as I had planned and what I thought my life would be like. My life is very, very different now and um, my life is absolutely beautiful and it's actually better than I ever imagined. So I guess a part of me being here and sharing my journey of a divorce, of a breakup, um, is to, I guess, instill hope and excitement and passion that there is something outside of that 
idea that you're just a single mum and you you know from divorce comes beautiful beautiful things so yeah that's why I'm here and that's my story well, I think because we were we had we just went out for breakfast and we were talking about like I think what a lot of people struggle with is because it's true I was at your wedding obviously mm. and you were saying like you remember my wedding I was like jumping up and down I was so excited I was so happy which of course you were as mm. you want to be on your wedding day um, to then look at how much your life has evolved over a span of was that six seven years ago the wedding so I mean you already had your yeah, first 2017 child. I was married to my ex husband yeah so six years ago. And I think what's so amazing is that a lot of us get really fixated on the idea of what our future is. Like we create a story for our future and then we attach ourselves to that. And I actually think a lot of people do it, not just not just individuals in marriage, but a lot of people have that for their children. Mm. That's why a lot of parents struggle when their kids like come out or something like that because they're like, but I had a dream for you. It's like, cool. It's- it's you true know. because I sometimes – I even have this conversation with my ex-husband who I am now really f- good friends with and we have a great co-parenting relationship with. And in the early days of our divorce, my mindset was we've lost something that was so good. But really when we sat down and spoke about it, it was the idea of our mm. relationship that was so good. It was that we thought we were so good but really when it came down to it, we actually weren't. Mm. And I think what's – because, like, if if you're a good person both as individuals, you'd think, well, why can't it work? Mm. And we've got two beautiful children. We're so happy mm. with our children. Like, why wouldn't it work? And then when it doesn't work out, it's like it's the death of a dream almost. And I feel like a lot of the questions that have come through kind of circulate around that. It's like coming to terms with. And then it's almost like you need closure from the old life to really start – Oh, yeah, you mourn your old life or what you thought your life was going to be like because, you know, we built our dream house. We had the dream jobs. We felt like we were so stable and when we had to let all of that go, you really do say goodbye to so many different aspects in your life. Mm. However, it doesn't mean you can't rebuild and it just looks different and different is great. So, I mean, it's definitely great. So I want to – I feel like you were a little bit too, like – humble on like what you are doing now I think you're actually like so Renee's actually fucking killing it she's being she's being ridiculous like obviously you got your full-time teaching job yes. which is amazing but then you've started like so she started first they would do this run club which is oh yeah you've fully created a community on the Sunshine Coast around this run club soul sisters and soul brothers now they're soul brothers yeah. sweet little angels sending you videos you. of them jogging love them so much um and then you've got your own business with your friend with one of your best friends yeah so my best friend Haley and I, we started um, barely worn clothing markets, thrift markets, and we started them on the coast. Then they spread into Brisbane, um, and now we have a shop in Noosa. It's, it's like an epic like, warehouse. Yeah, and then you have the warehouse for events. Like it's just yeah. you're doing. Oh, I've got the photography studio. Yeah, so <laughs> she do events outside of that. Oh gosh, and none of this had happened prior. Like all of these mm. things are part of your new life. It's part of like the rebuild phase and I think that every time something quote-unquote fails, if you want to call it that or however you want to like frame it, but when something doesn't go the way it went, as hard as it is and as hard as you could always like look back and think what could life have been had Mm. that worked out, you've then created this whole life that maybe you would have never tapped into had you been in the marriage. It's like a sliding doors. It's not like Mm. one is better than the Mm. other or one is worth it or maybe it is. But I feel like the life you have now you wouldn't have had if I was still in that marriage. In that lifestyle. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I take a lot more risks now, mm. post-divorce. Mm. Um, I'm not scared. Um, I, like, fear to me. I actually did, in my life, this is sidetracking, but in my life, each year I try and have something that I focus on. And the year that I left my ex-husband, I actually focused on calling that year my year of being brave. Mm. And I taught myself that year to never say no to things that I want to do because of fear. Yeah. And out of that came like massive growth in my business, um, growth in my community with everything that I'm doing with my community. Um, Okay, my master's degree. There was just so much that came out of that. Yeah. And, you know, another thing to note is that where I am at now, I can talk about all these incredible things that I'm doing and have done and how amazing I feel, but where I'm at now didn't come easily. Mm. There was a lot of grief. 
there was a lot of dark days. I remember I was breastfeeding my daughter on the floor while my toddler crawled all over me and I sat there just crying and I was so, so, I was miserable. Mm. And I didn't share this with a lot of people. No. Um, My best friends knew how miserable I was, but I didn't share this with a lot of people. And I quite literally had to hit rock bottom to build myself up and to say like, you need to get up. I mean, I was plus 42 kilos of what I am now. Mm. So that's why I started running and becoming a long distance runner and running marathons and all of that, all of that stuff. But it didn't come easily. And it was just day by day that I had to keep focusing on becoming the best version of myself and pouring so much love and passion into who I was and who I wanted to be in that life I wanted to build. But it didn't come easily. And it doesn't happen overnight. You really have to work on that. Yeah. And I feel like also when you look at what you've got, it's not and I think we were talking about this at breakfast. It's not this linear thing. Like it's not It's not so people look at it and say, oh, that's so difficult, it's unachievable. It's like, no, I've gone through the ups and downs and ups and downs. On my way to feeling like to having the life I have now, there's been so many like dips oh, yeah. along the and way. There's, there's still and there is. still are, yeah. You know, I was explaining to you the other day that there are some days where I might not have my girls for a couple of nights and my house is quiet. The cleaner's been, there's no mess. And I sit there and I open my laptop to do work and I'm like, whoa, like I really, I miss my kids. I miss, I miss them. And in those moments, I'm reminding myself it's okay to feel lonely. Mm. And that's a part of, that's a part of healing. And I, that's me hitting rock bottom again. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling sad. And that does still happen and that's okay. But it's about me accepting that, not going running back to my old life and going, I want it back Yeah, because I don't. It's about accepting that and, and working on myself and healing myself and those, those broken parts. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of people's main fear when it comes to a relationship breaking down, especially with children, is this, will I regret Will I be the one that quote unquote broke up the family? Will I regret doing this? Even though you know that you are miserable deep down or you know that both of you in the marriage are completely miserable. Because I think a lot of people stick it out in a marriage because they fear that the alternative would be a hundred times worse. Well, they do say a lot of women, when they find themselves in these miserable marriages with kids, they end up sticking around for that very reason. They're, they're, they're too scared. They're too scared to leave because they're worried of about the impact that it's going to have on your kids. But I'm a primary school teacher. I see it every day. I see broken families. I see blended families. I see children with same-sex parents. I see I see everything. And ultimately, kids are resilient. Mm. Kids are so resilient. And yes, at the start, my girls would go to bed at night and they would say, we just want to go home to dad. Mm. I want to go home to dad. Like, I, I want to be back with dad. But as time progressed and they saw that dad and I were both happier and could both get along and could both still go out for family dinners together and mm. work on that and be there for our girls and both be present, they became happier and they're so – they're less stressed. They're not around this relationship that was trying so hard to squish a triangle into a circle. Mm. You know, they – they I don't know, they just loved seeing us both so happy and ultimately they're happier. Yeah. I've had my – kids teachers say to me your girls are so happy yeah they're so happy this year and it's and I feel like that's the important thing it's like of course the children initially are going to suffer like of course they are and I think that that can't be the reason because at the end of the day the number one need of anybody especially children is to be loved mm-hmm. and to feel safe you know and I think that after they adapt if they feel loved and safe And especially like knowing, like I remember when I was a kid and my parents didn't even argue that much at all, but when they would argue, I felt so conflicted. Hearing them argue, I'd be like, oh my God, something's wrong. And who do I need to protect And I try and like get involved. And they're like, like, protect mum, protect dad. What are you saying that? Don't say that. Because you feel like you're 50% each one. It's like you're, I am you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think in a way, once it's settled, if there's no conflict, that's when they probably started feeling at peace. And ultimately, kids love to feel peace. Mm. They feel, you know, for my eldest daughter, sometimes she can struggle with regulating her emotions. And that's been something that we're working on with her at the moment. And 
I've never seen her more peaceful this year than ever in her mm. life. And she's a hard baby. And this, yeah, and this is the year where I feel like you and your ex have really found a really good middle ground. Yeah. And it wasn't always like this. No. This is the important thing to to know about your story, I think, is that it was not like this no. at the start of the separation. We had some challenges in our relationship that completely broke us. And um, coming out of that, I had to rebuild my own identity to see myself as my own person again, not just so codependent on being, okay, it's us together. We're yeah. in this marriage because anything can happen. That's yeah. in friendships, relationships, in jobs and in experiences, anything can happen. As long as you're confident and you have your own identity within those spaces, within those places, you will be okay. Yeah. And I had to rebuild that because we, we turn into a toxic relationship. We were in a toxic place and, um, yeah, ultimately right now we are the best we've ever been and hands down he's my mate, he's my friend. Yeah. And we laugh together. He yeah. comes over, he sees the girls. Like we go to events together when it's about the girls but we were not always in that place. No. No. And I feel like, I don't know, I just heard like you guys speaking on the phone yesterday because Renee's in Sydney visiting, you know, obviously me, but like our baby, our, our baby, our, our friends, baby. our friend just now had a baby. Our baby. Our, now our baby, Ruby is ours. <laughs> we were, yeah, visiting Sophie's baby. Um, and hearing you guys talk on the phone was just really nice because yeah. it was like talking to a mate. Yeah. It was peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. We've never been better. And I obviously there was just so much work around that. We separated like, what, two years ago? In January. Mm. So we've had our ups and downs. We still have our ups and downs. We have disagreements like anyone would, even in a, in a marriage. Mm. Um, but I think what it comes down to is open communication and always saying, hey, here's my boundaries. I feel like they're broken. What can we do to to work on that yeah. moving forward? And I think that with you guys as well and some, some friends of mine who have successfully navigated that as well, I think when you can – not ignore, but get past the fact that you will and do have dis things that, you know, clash and disagree. Your common main, like, focus is the children's happiness. I think sometimes you can be so hurt mm. in a marriage or in a divorce and there's so much pain mm. that it that gets lost sometimes and it's like I'm suffering, you have to understand how much I'm suffering and then it's like, well, we're not putting our common interest mm. as the priority because it's mm. some people get so hurt. Well, there was a time there where I was extremely hurt and I was – back then I, I wanted to leave and never speak to him again. Mm. I wanted to run away. I wanted to just escape and that's where I turned this idea on it being not being about him. It's actually about me and I yeah. need to work on me and focus on myself and that's, that's easily said than done because it does take time to really focus on yourself but once I started to do that – our connection changed mm. Mm, for the good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, massively. Yeah. And, and we like touched on this before, but I feel like how you speak about him and your relationship mm. with him is so different to even like one year ago, even six months ago. Mm. Like I think every time I see you and you talk about it, it just feels more and more healed. Like mm. it feels like so genuine, like you're genuinely in a good place now. I'm very aware now the way that I speak about my ex-husband and that probably comes from the way I speak about him in front of our girls too. Mm. I think it's really important that my, girl, my girls love their dad. He's, he's oh great. He God. takes them surfing. He takes them to basketball. They have the best time. And I think that my girls deserve to love their dad and they deserve to have this picture that he is this beautiful man, which ultimately he is now and yeah. he is for them. And um, I think the way that I speak about him really cements the fact that that's how our connection, our relationship moving forward is going to be and going to look. And I know he speaks the same way mm. about me yeah. behind my back to his colleagues and friends and family and it's, it's great. I love that. Like it, that's fucking special. But we weren't always there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. It's a journey. It's a journey. And I think if you're someone who's in a position where you're like, I, okay, so here's a question. Before I get into the questions, here's a question that mm. did come up a lot is this fear of how do I get past this fear of mm. I'm the one that's like 
breaking up the family and I'm the one that's going to be responsible, quote unquote. I think a lot of people are so terrified to pull the pin on it because even though the marriage might already be dissolved, but you're just still physically in it. I think a lot of people are so scared to just pull the pin because it's like someone has to do it and no one's doing it right now. And ultimately you you see it as in you're not just letting your husband down or your kids down. You feel like you're actually letting down your mutual friends, mm. you're letting down your colleagues, you're letting down your families. You feel like you're letting down more people than just that initial family union unit. And yeah. um, how you get about that is you just get out of your own head. Mm. You get out of your own head and you really sit down and you look at it from not just your own perspective of putting all this pressure and blame on yourself, but going, okay, what do I want my life to look like? Visualize it, picture it, write it down, draw it, make a vision board if you fucking have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But if if where you're at right now isn't that picture, you owe it to yourself to push through that mm. and and focus on the things that are going to have to change in order for you to get there. And it is scary. It, it is. is so scary. And like so women are in relationships, yeah. in toxic relationships for years and years and years. I've I see it all the time and all I want to do is like just shake them. <laughs> shake them and be like shake the baby. There's a better way. There's a, <laughs> yes. There's a better way. Like there's yes. a better life out there for yes. you and your partner probably. Yes. You know, and because they deserve it too. Yeah. Yeah. They deserve to find a healthy relationship or and even if it's not a healthy relationship with someone else, a healthy relationship within themselves mm. as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like so many people, like if everyone loves your partner so much, mm. if everyone adores your partner and you feel like you can't end the relationship because people will be like, oh, my God, but they're such a good parent, they're such an amazing person, they're such this, they're such mm. that, you've always, always have to remind yourself you are the only person who's in a relationship with that person. Mm. Nobody else is. So people can say what they want to say. They can believe what they want to believe, but ultimately they're not mm. the ones in the marriage. Mm. And you've got to find a way to kind of – Always remind yourself of that and block it out because you could be heavily influenced by people who have no idea. Mm. They're not qualified mm. to give you their opinion, mm. but they do. And that can keep you trapped. You can have family members say to you, like, you're destroying your kids' lives. Mm. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Are you okay? Yeah. Do you need to go to therapy? Are you – what's going on here? No, I just want to be happy. <laughs> And, That's actually it. And I'm entitled to that. Yeah. 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 Happiness is like a basic need for a human being. And yeah. that is why I'm doing this is so that I'm happy, that he's happy, our kids are happy and we are. Yeah. So it's nice. Feels good. All right. So now the next thing that I want to do is to cover some of the listener questions because there's a bunch and a lot of them are about like children and navigating children with an ex and new partners. Uh, so the first one, how do you deal with the fear of the new partner's influence on your children? So your ex having a partner and how they may influence the children. Great question. That is a challenging one because I've had girlfriends ask me this in the past. What happens when he meets someone? How are you going to feel about that? Well, I just need to know this new partner has my child's best interests at heart and I'm open to another woman loving my kids because mm. I watch the way that women in my life love my kids and how much my kids learn from my girlfriends and from, you know, my friends who are boys and their their girlfriends and wives and they can pour so much love and passion into my kids. Well, who's to say that my ex-husband's future new partner couldn't do that as well? And... You just have to be open to it, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It is a challenging It's a challenging thing and, I mean, I can't speak from experience but I do know that if my girls were around another woman where her views and values and maybe her actions didn't align with myself and the way I parent, I know that that would just have to come down to an open conversation with my ex-husband yeah. and an open discussion about, hey, this doesn't sit right with me. Is there any way that we can work on this moving yeah. forward? Because it's it's upsetting me. Yeah, totally. 
Okay, here's a really good question. I would love to hear about how to support a family member going through divorce with kids. Just be there. Ask them if they need you to help look after the kids, that if you could take the kids to the park while they actually have a moment to sit with their journal and do some writing. Mm. Literally. Yeah. Do you need to go to the gym because I'll look after your kids for you? Yeah. Do you need to go and out? It is, and it is those like helpful things as well. I think it's mm. like anticipating their needs mm. because it's not, yeah, it's all well and good to be like, let's go get drinks, which is fun. But mm. sometimes like can you can you take the weight off a little bit? Yeah. And that can mean the world to somebody. Being a single mum is tough. Like I remember my first week in my new house and I had my girls for the very first week and trying to manage getting them ready for school, getting myself ready for work, doing after-school dance classes, dropping them here, there, trying to squish the gym in, also trying to run on the treadmill. Mm. Managing that in a day is, it can be really exhausting. And if you have that person, that even that one person that might reach out and say, hey, I'll have the kids for an hour while you can go to the gym. Like, yeah. That and, is massive. And also look out for people that are really independent and quote unquote strong people because they're the ones that are less likely to ask for help and they appear, they come across as strong and people are like, wow, you've got your shit together. Wow, you've got it all sorted. Well, they're probably the ones that need it just as much, if not more sometimes, because they're not asking for help. Um, and they're probably the ones crying behind closed doors. Particularly if they don't live around family. Mm. Like, for me, I can do what I do in a day. I can run all my businesses and be present at work and be present for my kids and drive them different places to after-school activities, still make it to dance class at night purely because I have my family and, mm. you know, my mom, my dad, my brother, they all help me, you know, hugely in my life. And just by saying, hey, I'll look after the girls while you go to dance class tonight, like – that is huge for yeah. me because it helps me work on my identity post-divorce. Yeah, totally. Mm. And like rebuilding. Reach out and just say, hey, where can I help you? I'll look after the kids for you. Start there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Offer to just, yeah. yeah, yeah. How do you deal with anger? After a year, I'm still so angry. I haven't reached out for closure. Oh. Tell you what, I've been angry. <laughs> I've had my fair share of days where I have been so angry. I actually felt physical pain mm. from anger before in my life. Um, it it ate at me and ate at me and ate at me. And I actually deal with anger through physical activity. And yeah. I don't know if that's always healthy but it helps clear it for my body and my mind. I think it's actually a really, really good – well, I think exercise in general is a brilliant therapy for the brain mm. because it's like anger is a, a form of pain and endorphins are a painkiller for all kinds of pain in the brain, physical pain throughout the body, but endorphins kill emotional pain in that moment and for hours after. So I actually think 100% if you're someone that, you know – happens to enjoy exercising, or even if you don't love it but you're willing to do it, couldn't recommend it higher because that is literally a way of doing something in the moment and not letting it like brew and like spiral. Initially when my marriage first started to fall apart, I started running and that's when I trained for my first marathon. Mm. And through that, if I had built up anger in my day against my ex-partner or against me being in this structure of this toxic relationship and – probably anger at myself too. Yeah. If I would go for a run, I would come back a completely different person. Being with nature, just smell, even running in the rain, mm. all of that smelling nature, being out there. And I wouldn't say necessarily I dealt with it if I'd go to a gym setting with my girlfriends. It's a bit, it's more you want that something personal. felt like it put it under the carpet. Mm. Whereas if I would go with myself for a run, I would process my anger. Why do I feel this way? How can I? Because you're I sitting with your thoughts. That? You're giving yeah. yourself an opportunity. I think a lot of people will like pacify mm. their pain with distraction, which I think is good when you're in like the depths of despair. Mm. Then I think in those intensity, you know, those moments where you're like, I can't, I can't, it feels like a weight on my chest. Mm. I can't breathe. Then I think distraction can be really helpful mm. in those moments mm. when you're desperate. But if you only ever distract, then you're never getting to the bottom of it. I have a question for you. This is from me. Do you think, because, no, well, because I always talk about this, so I want to know from your experience, do you think that having a goal that's completely tied to yourself, like the marathon, 
helped you recover emotionally? 150%. Mm. That's why I set goals for myself all the time that just relate to me. Yeah. Sometimes I worry that I'm too independent and that everything, like all the goals I set are towards me, Mm. but they allow me to pour love back into myself in a different way. And running a marathon like Alexis and I went for a 15k run yesterday and we, you should have heard us it was hilarious we're like we love this this feels so good the entire run and we were jeering each other up we're yes, amazing because <laughs> you just <laughs> we were they would have thought we ran like 50k or something the way we were talking but it when you do run a marathon and it's like giving birth <laughs> I put marathon and birth well I would say when I ran my ultra marathon and birth, they're up together when I did the 50K run. That's so hectic. Oh, my God. But, yes, I I would agree with that. Yeah. I feel like if you're someone who's right now struggling with, like, personal identity, what am I doing? Set yourself a personal goal. It doesn't have to be running 50K. No, it doesn't. I (laughs) Although I'm really big on physical goals because they're really tangible, Mm. measurable. They're really – it's something that you can very easily track, Mm. like whether it be flexibility or endurance or strength. It doesn't matter. But if physical goal is not your thing, then you could – you know, be learning something or whatever. But I think physical goals are just such a great goal to have for yourself. No one has to even know what that is. It could just be something personal. And I think that it it ticks so many boxes. Mm. It's like endorphins, time spent alone. Mm. Like there's so many mm. things that you can tick off by doing that. And then, of course, I think emotionally you rebuild yourself because you've proven to yourself that you're A, worth the time investing and B, you know, worth believing in. And also to when you do that, you have this sense of pride. Like, mm. I am proud of myself. For earning it. For earning it. And sometimes I think on my Instagram, I am I share all these things that I succeed in. And sometimes I'm like, I wonder if people think I'm egotistical. But it's not. It's just that I'm like, I'm just this stock mm. standard mum, so proud of myself that I just <laughs> ran an ultra marathon. Like, yeah. you can do it too. Set the goal. Yeah. You, the feeling that you give back to yourself is just like... It's worth everything. Yeah. And I think those are the things that help deal with the anger. Like the questions that we're getting, like how do you deal with anger? How do you say, make it more about your journey? Because when you're so fixated on something that was done to you or something that didn't go well or something that you feel you failed in or all of the above combined, it's so painful. And if you fixate on it, how do you like pull away from that? I think so much of your healing has to do with your relationship with yourself, which we've spoken about and I bang on about every episode. But, you know, like if you fix you, Renee's relationship with Renee, all the other pain, resentment starts to fade. Yeah, it just disintegrates into nothing. Mm. Next question. Struggling with the loss of identity and purpose after divorce and also losing my business in the process. How Dealing with that. Great question. I think that... Within my life, I have only really ever had two very long-term relationships. I was with my first boyfriend for 14 years, Mm. if you remember. Good times. And I was engaged to him. I was going to get married to him. And I knew deep down in my guts (laughs) that it wasn't for me. And I ended up leaving him. And then very quickly after that, I met my ex-husband who I was with for the rest of my life, as in till now, um, till a couple of years ago. So... For me, my identity was always myself with my partner. So it wasn't just me leaving my ex-husband, but it was me transitioning from my entire life of being codependent on another man Mm. and building our lives together rather than together but also just next to each other. Yeah, yeah. Like still having your intertwined Mm. and you know, my ex-husband did triathlon. So I started to do triathlon. Like everything was so similar. And I really struggled with having my own identity and pulling back and setting up my own life for me. And I did that because my girls deserve a mum they can be proud of. Yeah. My girls deserve a mum where they're like, she is such a boss bitch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She yeah. runs her own businesses. She starts yeah. she starts things from nothing. Um, she's passionate about different things that she investigates. She goes to do a master's degree while she's pregnant. Like I want my girls to have this list of things where they go, I'm so proud of my mum for her, not proud of my parents together. Yeah. 
and I think it's nice for your children to see you as an individual as yes. well, as your own person. Mm. I think it's also really healthy for children to see that you've got your own life going on. Mm. Because I think a lot of people, and I can have this debate for eternity, but I think a lot of people might have this idea that it's, I personally don't think it's this amazing thing that you dedicate your life and who you are and your identity and everything to someone else, whether it's your child, whether it's your partner, whether it's anyone. I don't think that's healthy because if that's the case, then your child thinks, okay, that's all well and good. Then you're saying you're your own person you're your own, until you have children, then you're not. Like where does it end? I think it's always important for your children to see you run your own life as well, you know? It's funny. One of my girlfriends from work taught Luca's class the other day and she was doing a lesson on history of jobs and technology and all this stuff. Anyway, she asked the class a question and she was like, oh, what do your parents do for a job? And Luca was like, I'll share. And she just started listing off all these different things. And my girlfriend said in that moment, she just couldn't be more proud I of how that. Luca saw me yeah. as my own person. She yeah. even said like, I run marathons for my job. <laughs> like, no. That is just so cute. Just, oh, yeah. God, I love her. Yeah. But it's. Being multifaceted for yourself, finding all these different things that fill you with joy rather than relying on it together with yeah. your ex-partner or with your husband at the time. Yeah. But losing a business, my ex-husband and I never, never had a business together. So I can't really comment on that. Um, but I guess you could take what you learned from that business and put those lessons into starting a new business and doing mm. it even better. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, everything I do now is thanks to all the Errors. failed yes. attempts of my 20s. <laughs> Good times. Next question. How do I deal with feeling so lonely without a partner and my kids only half the time after a divorce? That is a solid question because I often feel lonely. Um, I live with my, okay, I live with my brother in my house. He lives in like the upstairs area. I'm the downstairs area, two very different living areas. We're very close. So I know that someone is always there in the house. However, in my house downstairs, there are so many nights when I don't have my girls and I feel lost and I feel lonely. However, it's about accepting that feeling being a normal feeling. Mm. Feeling lonely is a normal human feeling and it's sitting in that and embracing that and going, feeling lonely is cool. I get to know who I am yeah. now. It's like when you go and eat at a restaurant on your own, like you're by yourself, you're alone. Yeah. That's you and your thoughts and you're with yourself. And it's cool because you get to learn who yeah. you are again. 100%. And I think there is a difference between being alone and feeling yes. lonely. I think I think you could be in a relationship and feel lonely. Oh, yeah. You know, like uh, when I was in my most unhealthy relationship, I think I felt the most lonely than I did when I lived by myself. Yeah. And I think you can look at the time when you're alone and moments of that will feel lonely, like when you miss your kids or when you miss the life you had because it's okay to miss that as well. It's okay to know you're in a better place for yourself but still miss aspects of your old life. But I think... Yeah, like you said, I think that's the that's your opportunity to learn about yourself. Yourself. And particularly when like all my girlfriends are married with kids, right? Mm. I really don't have any single girlfriends <laughs> at all. Yeah. And um for me that's scary. Like mm. if you've got that one single friend that's like, "Don't worry, I can hang out with you if you're ever sad or or feeling alone by yourself." then you've got that security blanket. But when you're on your own, it's like, okay, I need to face this and I need to get okay with this uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. And you need to do things for yourself. So for example, I started dancing. I went back to dancing, had the best time dancing. I, I go to the gym, I exercise, um, I, I cook again. I didn't cook for a long time. Yeah. So I fill my time. I learn new things. I research random things. But you know what's interesting about you like I love that you can acknowledge that you feel lonely but at the same time when we were talking about, you know, what would the future be like if you had another partner and you're like, I don't know if I want to live with anyone. Like I'm just so like it's <laughs> nice that you can see yeah. that you really have like you love your independent life as Renee so much that even though you have the lonely moments, you're not racing to fill that no. void. You're like I still really value how much – like how I've built my life now on my own. I talk about it all the time to my girlfriends and I share this on my on my social media that 
I've built my life how I want it now that to be in my friendship circle or to be my partner or to be around me and my kids in my job in anything that I do you have to be a good fucking person to Mm. enter that space because I'm not willing to open those doors to just anyone and that doesn't come from in like an egotistical place of like I'm amazing yeah (laughs) welcome to my world one thousand (laughs) dollars to enter my space no it means that I've worked too hard to Mm. get here that I'm not willing to drop all the walls for just anyone or anything and I think that's really important. And that's cool. Like yeah. if you're in a lonely place, you're you're about to rebuild everything for yourself. Like that's exciting. And sit in it, like be patient with yourself because you yeah. don't want to rush that away to find someone to fill that gap because no. it might not be the right fit for you yeah. and you missed out on this painful but amazing opportunity. Yeah. Couldn't you know? agree more. All right, next question. This is a really good one and I think this applies to all kinds of relationships, not necessarily divorces or with children. So this is good. Why do I keep going to check the social media of my ex? It's been three years and I am in a happy relationship now. I actually, in my personal life, when I did therapy, I actually asked this question to my therapist. Mm, Okay. And she said (laughs) to me, it's like a Band-Aid. You keep ripping the Band-Aid off to check if the wound's there and then you stick it back on. Keep ripping it off and it's that comfort. Oh, yeah, okay, it's there. Put the Band-Aid back on. Rip it off. Oh, Mm. yeah, it's there. Put the Band-Aid back on. It's that familiar – I can never say that word. Familiarity. Familiar. Oh, my. No. Can we say (laughs) Familiar. Familiar space, right? (laughs) It's a tricky word. Familiarity. Yes. I feel like you nailed that. Well done. Um, But it's just that familiar space that feels like comfort. Mm. As weird as that sounds. And no, you're just checking no, in on them to go, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, they're still doing the same thing that they were doing when we were together. Oh, yeah, things haven't really changed. Oh, that's okay. They're still there. And maybe maybe a part of you, I know this from like a, just a relationship even without, you know, kids, but I think a part of you when you're still rebuilding yourself or when you're not, you know, fully in that space of I'm living for myself, I'm really happy, whatever, when you're still in that in-between space, I think for me, a part of you sees your ex as like some benchmark and if they're, not that you don't want them to succeed, but if they're killing it happy and you're not, it's almost like a point of comparison of like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? What am I, what's going on? But if you're kind of at the same level, then it's almost comforting. And we know that comparison is the thief of joy. So what you have to do is remove them from your social media yeah. I mean, you my ex husband and I, we haven't been on each other's social media for years, mm. years and years and years. And sometimes we randomly, we were blocked for a while. Yeah. We're not in that unhealthy, toxic place anymore, yeah. even though blocking sometime, someone sometimes is a healthy thing to do. Um, but for now, like if I share a photo of the girls doing something, I want him to be able to see it. So sometimes I might forward it to him. But mm. I would never check up on him and see what he's doing and things like that. Just unfollow them. Yeah. You don't need to see their content and they probably don't need to see yours either. No, totally. I think a lot of people will put like the traps or like, you know, they put ex- – like you know how people like will post certain photos to specifically get the attention of their ex or someone who they know that is looking at their ca- – don't. Don't because then if you do that with the intention, it's kind of like revenge as well. If you do it with the intention of getting a reaction from a person, then your awareness is going to be peaked for that. Have they looked? Have they seen it? Have they seen my story? And then you're like a, a prisoner – to that person still you're not actually free and then when they don't look and when they don't react how do you feel how do you feel you feel like shit (laughs) well i don't but like but in general but if you're doing it for that reason you would feel like shit okay second last question how do you know when you're truly ready to move on for someone new great question um recently i've been seeing a guy um and when i really sit back and think about that question, I would say it's when you feel at peace, when you're not anxious about the first date or you're not anxious about replying to their text message. What do I write? What do I write? Where you just feel at peace and you feel confident and happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if you're still in that zone of this like prison in your head with the X and this, and I'm not like maybe just sit for a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm all for, if you meet, the perfect person who's your match. I don't think you have to have your life sorted out. I don't think it's like, no, don't because you've got it. Like, I think it's okay, but I think your priority should always be sorting yourself out. 
Oh, you know, one hundred percent. Will I be living with a man in the next two years? No way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no way. Will I be married again in two years? No way. It's about me now. And, and even my- if you were to meet that person for yeah. you, you'd probably come with new boundaries. Probably. One hundred percent. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just think you'll know when you know. You'll you'll feel at peace when yeah. you meet somebody else, or even if you want to put. Not even if you just meet someone. If you want to put yourself out into the dating game. You'll know because you feel confident and at peace. You won't feel anxious about doing that. Yeah. All right, final question, and I think we can speak a lot about this one actually. How to deal with the feelings that it's too late to start over or to leave the relationship? Well, at age, what did I say at the start of the potty? (laughs) 34. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I actually tell some people, oh, yeah, like I'm a single mum, 34, I just had a divorce, like – I feel like I'm old. They're like, what? Your life's just beginning. You're a spring chicken. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I do feel that little bit older. Maybe it's just because I feel like a little, a little bit wiser. But it's hard because for me, like I pictured as a young girl that I would get married to that one man and that that would be my man forever because my parents are married mm. and they've been married for forever and they're my parents. I, like your Sweet parents. Sweet angels. Like our, both of our parents, they're just so in love. Beautiful people. And that's what I idolise about their marriage. They're just so in love and so beautiful. And they together. treat each other so like, oh, your, your parents. Yeah, so I heart. did go through that time where I was like, you know, here I am, I'm 34, I've got two small children and I'm about to go out on my own. Like thoughts went through my head of who would ever want to you know, be in a relationship with another woman with two small children. Like that's so much to take on. It's just too late. Like you just need to stay and hope that it gets better. That's right? such a big one, isn't it? Just hope it, oh, it'll mm. get better. It'll be, get better when the kids are older. It'll get better when the kids start to become more independent. It'll get better when we have more support, financial support, or, you know, there's so many different things that you could say that we'll just wait because it could get better. But ultimately – it probably isn't actually going to get better and it isn't actually too late to move on and start again. And I don't even mean this in a relationship because I'm not out here looking for the perfect next relationship. I'm I'm out here looking at the future of my life and the life of my daughters. And I just think that you need to get rid of that mindset that mm. it's too late because, you know, I see so many people stay in their relationships and I have friends say to me, I'll just wait until the kids are older. I'll Mm. wait until the kids are older and they're in high school. It will be easier to leave or it'll be fine to leave then. I'll just wait. But then we as humans have this like sunk cost fallacy that almost like the longer you stay in it, the harder it is to leave because you look back and you're like, but I've invested 5, 10, 20 years Mm. in this relationship to leave now. Well, I can't like it would be throwing it away when in reality it's not throwing it away. Those years have been lived, Mm. whether you stay, whether you don't like – they've come and gone. So I feel like I see a lot of people who stay in relationships because they're like, well, this is just my situation now. This is it for me. So I finished a run one day and my beautiful elderly neighbour came over to me and she said, you've got a for sale sign. Like what's happening? Where are you going? And I said, oh, you know, we're separating and I'm moving here. He's moving there. And she said, what? She said, I've been unhappily married my entire life with her husband Mm. and they've been together forever and she just looked at me and she held on to me and she cried and she said, I'm so proud of you. Mm. I'm so proud of you. This is my elderly neighbour who was out picking all the leaves off her yard and I still run past her today. She's so beautiful and she just said to me, I'm so proud of you. I wish I did that when I was younger because I've spent my whole life with a man in this very miserable relationship. And that's the thing, like I feel like it's never too late because too late for what? Too, like what is it too late for? You can always start mm. your life again. You can always find happiness in another path. You can, you know, you don't have to. I think people think, oh, I'm divorcing to find another partner. That's not why you should separate. No. You should separate because you're like, because you can identify that this is not a recipe for a happy life for you or for both of you, you know. So I don't think there's ever a time limit for that. And that's such an important thing for men and women and whoever to really take on board that when you leave your marriage, you're not leaving to find the next best thing Mm. in a relationship. You're leaving to find yourself. Yeah. 
100 yourself and your journey not always to to be with someone else because 100 percent. because if you do and it doesn't happen like you thought it would happen then you're like oh i regret leaving do i go but back? do you actually like, regret leaving Yes. You know, like it's kind, of, and and then that's where you create this mess in your head because you think, well, I can't find anyone. The dating scene at the moment isn't good. Am I ever? Is it? The, but that's not why you left. What well, shouldn't be why you left? There should be, I think, a much deeper reason. It's around your happiness and mm. yourself, and you should want to. If someone, if you're unhappy in a relationship, genuinely unhappy, and someone said, if you leave, you will like if you had a, a genie mm. waving or whatever or whatever, saying if you leave. You will be happy but never find someone ever again mm. or you can stay. What would you choose? Leave. Exactly. But I think a lot of people would be like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, because they haven't really thought my happiness, I provide that for myself. I'm not leaving to then find happiness somewhere else. I'm leaving to create my own happiness. And that's a really good message for people to hear because – so often, you know, our parents, our grandparents, what are you going to do alone? It's going to mm. be so much harder on your own. All of those messages that you hear from the older generation, mm. whereas our generation, so it's like, no, self-love. You can do it on your own. <laughs> you You've can got this. do it. And it's true. Yeah. It's so and true. And also, like, like you said, you have your hard days. Who doesn't? People mm. in the happiest relationships mm. have their hard days. It's not like <laughs> hard days aren't reserved for people that have left marriages. Yeah. Like hard days are for everyone. And I feel like... You, when people say, how are you going to do it? It's like, well, I'm doing this and I'm miserable. So I'm sure that I can find I a way. I would be a fucking okay. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh my God. We could literally talk about this forever. Um, thank you so much, Renee, for coming Love on. You. So before I go, can you just plug your businesses, business names, your Instagram, everything, because I think people would actually love Aww. to. I'm actually speaking at your event in Noosa, but the so tickets excited. are sold out. Yes, very so excited. if you live in Noosa. I do all this random sorry. shit really. So I run Soul Sisters Run Club, which is on the Sunshine Coast. So that's a run club for females. Um, is that the handle? Soul Sisters Run Club, yes. On Instagram, great. Yes. Um, it's cute though. We have followers from like Sydney and Melbourne that buy our shirts and yeah. stuff like that. It's so, cute. okay, heaps of my listeners are always asking like, how do I make friends, you know, as adults? How do I meet people? If you are on the Sunshine Coast and even if you run 10 metres, who cares, go to the Run Club. I'm trying to encourage Alexis to start a Run Club. I know. I For her listeners. Stay tuned, Sydney yes. Beans. Stay Let's tuned. All we Let's vote. Let's all yes. vote. Oh my God, imagine. <gasps> yes. Outside of Soul Sisters, obviously, I'm a teacher and I do tutoring. Um, and also, too, I run Barely Worn Thrift Markets and mm -hmm. we have a big warehouse in Noosa where you can rent a rack and we sell your clothing for you and you get 100% of what you make. Amazing. Yeah. And, and how do you? How do they find you on that? Is it Barely, barely Worn? Worn Thrift Markets. Thrift Markets yeah. on Instagram. On Insta. And the yeah. website? Uh, www.barelyworn.com. .com.au. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I, what's your email? Yeah, yeah, what's I, I never know my website. And my producer sometimes has to be like, that's not it. <laughs> and then I have to like re-record it. <laughs> okay, mate, definitely go yeah. find Renee. Yeah. And, your, and your personal handle is? Ren LSVB. Ren LSVB. Lucas Sage Valley Bloom. My kids love. Oh, my God. Yes. That's so cute. I never even. Everyone's like, do you drink VBs? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Girl loves a beer. Actually, we did we love did a beer this weekend. We did have a beer with gorgeous. our ramen. It was great. Oh, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, Thank you so much. Love you. I adore forever. you. You're the best. Besties forever. Guys, if you have any extra questions for Renee, please um, send them my way or even to Renee if you want to start following yeah. her. Send her some questions. Happy to and, share. You know, she's, she's I, very – I'm pretty vulnerable and raw and she real is, on Instagram. I share a lot. She's amazing. Of, a lot of my life. So I definitely recommend following her account. If you want to meet people and you live on the Sunshine Coast, join the Run Club. You don't have to be a runner. If you're not a runner, <laughs> just hit the grandma shuffle and, and just, just cruise. Just cruise along yeah. like you did when you stepped on that – Literally. <laughs> I nearly rolled an ankle. <laughs> but did it with style. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke. Listener.